You busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. The more that I journey in life, I realize that God is not so interested in where you arrive. He is not so interested in giving you the thing that you prayed about. He is not so invested in your plan and your big dream and your big idea. All of those things are a byproduct and they can happen dime a dozen. God can go ahead. Listen, he created a whole entire world in six days and all the things that fill it in the air, in the water, on the land, like he literally knows how to go ahead and expedite some things but I find that he is not so interested in what he gets to you he's more interested in what he gets to do through you there are some things that I think that if we slowed down enough to see the process that God was taking us on, we wouldn't be so frustrated. We wouldn't be so irritated. We wouldn't be so negatively connected to emotions if we were to just zoom out and see why is he taking me on this particular path? And it's only for one or two reasons. Either A, he has to sharpen a skill that you don't have yet, or B, he has to use the experience as sandpaper to get some things off of you that will not serve you when you arrive to where he wants you to be. It really is that simple. And I am starting to be a student in a different way to the processes of God. Not necessarily his ways, because his ways, I will never understand. The Bible already told me that, so I, I took the spoiler alert, and, and I adhered to it. But more so of, I see the value in the process. I used to be so destination, just, I wanted to arrive. <laughs> I wanted to go ahead and just get the thing. I wanted to just, God, why is this taking so long? I was very time-oriented. I was very, by this age, I should have. I was very, okay, I have the degree now. I should be here now with my title in my career and my finances. And I had all this preoccupied thoughts on where I should be that I never really stopped to pay attention to what God was doing to me. There were some things that he was doing. There's some things that he's currently doing. And now I have lovingly coined it that God is doing things within me that is unlocking new levels of freedom, new levels of wisdom, new levels of insight and perspectives that I wish I had years ago. But you know what? I'm right on time. And when I take this to the next part of my journey, to the next chapters of my life, it will serve me so much better. I will enjoy them so much more because I have a mindset and a perspective that allows me to see the full picture in totality. I used to look at things as an isolated event. That job was terrible. And then that was a, and so you're looking at life as a highlight reel of emotional experiences. And you're not looking at the overall picture saying, man, this is a beautiful movie. The thing that God is starring me in the, the plan that he has for my life Wow, this is really taking a turn of events. Wow, I want you to be so invested in the movie that is your life that you are not looking at scenes, at certain parts, at certain conversations, and just you're rating the entire movie with isolated experiences. Like, and I never was a movie critic until now because I feel like I watch enough TV to do so with my husband. But I've never seen that the movie critics took a trailer, took 
a part of the movie, took a part of the dialogue, and gave the overall movie a score. That would be a disservice to the writers. That would be a disservice to the actors. That would be the disservice to the entire production crew. It's like, y'all, all the effort that we put into this entire movie, all the effort that we put into actually memorizing the lines, getting the, the props and the stages and the backdrops and all of that, all the things that we, we actually had to hire people to make this music. Like, there are so many intricacies that went to making this particular movie that it is a disservice that you took act one, scene two, and made it that that was your final judgment on the entire movie. It's not fair, but we do that with our lives. We look at what happened at that particular job, that particular relationship, that time in school, that time you couldn't pay your bill. We look at a portion of our lives, and it's always related to something that was not the most exciting something that makes you really not want people to know, something that's a little embarrassing, something. And we look at that portion and we let it define the entire movie of our lives. And I think that the process in itself, where you're going, how God decides to take you there, has a lot to do with what he needs to get to you so that when you get to where he wants you to be, where you, when you get to your actual destiny, when you get there, you won't be the same person. Like, I think a lot of people are looking at, well, how come God's not giving it to me now? Let me go ahead and explain something to you. And this is just an example. If someone is a reckless driver in a hoopty, it would not be a blessing to then give them a luxury vehicle with the same driving skills. Yeah, no, no, no. You're going to have to go through, you're going to have to sharpen your, your mm-mm. <laughs> you're going to have to get that together because one thing that God cares about is the way that you care about what he blessed you with. Yeah, he, he's very, very strategic in how he does a thing. Why do you think the Bible says that if you are faithful with few, he will make you ruler over many? Like, what well, he wants you to start off small. That's why the Bible says things like, listen, don't look down on small beginnings. Don't forsake the small beginnings. Like, that's a big deal. He's giving it to you because he's like, okay, you know what? You, you got to the age that you can get a license now. Cool. Now, let's see how you drive this. Let's see how you drive that. And then he wants to work you up. Like, no one gets out of college and all of a sudden you the VP. Like, no one's the vice president immediately after. You have to show that you've had some experiences handling this. You've had some experiences being... Uh, responsible in this area. No one goes ahead and says, oh, you got your first job. Here's your first house. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's some levels to that. Did you keep your room clean? Okay, now go ahead and get that apartment. Okay, great. Now, and then you move up in levels according to what you've shown you can handle. And I feel like with every experience, with everything that God is doing through me at this particular point, he is showing me and unlocking another level of how I see him. I literally am working and this is real time on, and he gave me this and I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually kind of deep for me. And I actually said this in another conversation that you and I were having, but he literally told me the God you see is the God you will experience. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He was like, if you just see me as like, I'm the person that you're in the ring 
and you're fighting and you're getting weary and you're doing all the things and then you look over to me like, okay, God, I want to tag you in now, then that's the God you will experience. You will look at me like I'm only an emergency God. I was like, okay. He says, and if someone else felt like, no, 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 no. God is literally like on the presidential penthouse suite. He's all the way up there. And so the little things I can't really bother him with. I have to figure it out and ask, you know, other creations. Hey, what would you do? What would you do? And kind of like try to find my way out of this dead end. But if I absolutely positively can't do it, or if the issue becomes grandiose enough, then I am allowed to then go up the elevator to God and say, Hey, don't mean to bother you, but real quick, have a problem. I've been trying to work on it for the last couple of months, couple of years, couple of whatever's, and I'm not really getting any, you know, leeway. Is there any way possible in your busy, busy schedule? If you can go ahead and just, you know, kind of sort of maybe give me some clues on what I should do with my life that you have a plan for yeah if you see him like that then if that's the God that you see then that's the God that you experience or if you look at him like it is possible for God to do big and mighty things and he's done it before and I've seen people and I see the celebrities and I heard their start stories and this is amazing and blah 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 but just not for me because for whatever the reason, I feel like that one thing that I did in the past is not worthy of being blessed now. I feel like that one decision that I made that one time when I didn't know no better or that I did know better, I just feel like mm -mm, God is not pleased with me. He's not, I don't even think he really know my number no more. Uh, I don't even know if prayer still works. I'm not even going to embarrass myself and try because the angel's going to be like, <laughs> guess who tried to pray to you the other day? And they're going to be laughing at me in heaven. Like, I'm just, mm -mm, I'm going to leave it alone. But you know what? Praise God for you. That's amazing for your life. That's amazing. Oh, he did that for you too? Wow, look at all my friends being blessed. Look at my coworkers being blessed. Look at my family members being blessed. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, me? Oh, no, God don't do that for me. If that's the God that you see, then that's the God that you experience. And so all these different things I found actually points back to childhood or an impressionable time in your life, but probably more so childhood. Like if you see your particular guardian, father, whoever was that figure for you as, oh, they give you everything, they spoil you, you have a hard time when God tells you no. You have a hard time when God doesn't respond immediately. You have a hard time not understanding how come he's just not, you know, whenever you ask, it's like, <laughs> I ask why well, I'm not receiving because you made God your genie and not your God. He's not interested in you rubbing the lamp of the Bible and then you saying a few words, saying amen and going about your way and expecting like, nope, it's going to be there. Yet I can see the faith in that, but there's also a perversion in that. You think that because your daddy on earth spoils you the way that he does, that your creator should spoil you even the more. And he's not interested in just giving you things the way your daddy was. He's actually interested in dissecting why you think that he works like that. Yeah, how come you think that um, when you speak, you move him? Yeah, I, you're his God is what that actually looks like. 
Like you tell him this is what you should do and blah, blah, blah. And I expect this room to be clean when I come back. <laughs> and like, it, and you come, and you come back and you're like, how come the room? And then you start to have these temper tantrums in the spirit where if he don't do it in a time frame that you thought you're bummed out, you're sad, you, you punish your, yourself and how come and just under there. And then you know how you know what a litmus test is that you see God that way, that when the heavenly father doesn't make something come into fruition, you find someone on earth to make it come to fruition because you're spoiled. Yeah. No one's going to tell you that in love, but me. So shouts out to me being the good grandbaby that I am. Or maybe you had the opposite experience. The father figure in your life wasn't trustworthy. Came through kind of sort of, but not all the time, like inconsistently. So you almost expect that of God. That's why you kind of sort of pray inconsistently. You expect to be like, hey, maybe he'll answer that. Oh, he'll answer for my birthday, but he won't really answer for the day-to-day. He'll come to the graduation, but he's not interested in how I'm growing. He'll. So you look at God that way, like, oh, hey, God, um, yeah, the interview, I need that job because of what's going on in my life financially. Okay, great. But um, on that day-to-day, on how you feel in your emotions, how you feel in your spirit, like none of that, you don't think he's really interested in that, so you don't even bother to pray about that. But, oh, God, somebody else needs prayer. Oh, wait, um, that one, one thing I need you to fix in the, in in my life, like you'll go ahead and give him that. But those other little things, like why you why you not sleeping restfully at night? Why you don't? Why are you so cautious? Why are you low key isolating yourself in a non uh, growing way? Because there is a way to isolate yourself just so that you can hear God. It's another thing to isolate yourself where all you hear is your thoughts and they're negative, and that's not of God. And so th- there's a God that is truly interested in. Your your day-to-day, not just when you have an emergency, not just when you have something that you're like, oh, I don't know what to do, or not something that you deem, okay, this is God-worthy. This is worthy to go ahead and ask God about. Or maybe you had an experience like me where you actually feel like I had uh, parental figures, uh, but most of that was I had to fend for myself. Yeah, I was uh, making meals, figuring out what I'm going to do, getting myself up for school. I had a very, very, very parentified childhood. I, there's nothing about my childhood to me that looked like I was a kid, which is probably why I'm so playful now, but that's between me and the Lord. But I truly had a childhood where it was like, no, I, I didn't have to go and sign the application for the, the housing or the apartment or the mortgage at the time, but I definitely had to figure out my day-to-day. What am I going to do? What? And that question tormented me. What are you going to do next? What are you going to do about that? If that and that happens, then what are you going to do? And so I became the grandbaby that thought that I had to figure out my day-to-day in life. And so when I left my childhood, and went into my 20s and left my childhood home state e or the above that mindset stayed with me and God had the amazing job God bless him because I couldn't be him to get that mindset out of me before he set me up for my destiny he literally had to show me you have a skewed view of me and let me tell you something Blew my mind because you know what the worst part was for me to hear that? I did not know. 
I had no idea that my faith was mustard seed literally and that most of my dynamic with God was, okay, so what part is my role and then what part is your role? Because I want to make sure that I'm really, really, really doing my part. And then I also want to make sure that I'm not, you know, doing anything wrong. And I also, and so I was walking on eggshells trying to walk with God. And he was like, time out. I'm not your mom. Yeah. You don't, I, I don't bash you with my silence. When you do something that I knew you, you, you could have done a better job. I, I don't torment you with uh, threats of what your future may look like. If you don't do it exactly the way that I said to do it. I am not here to crush you. I'm trying to get close to you. I'm trying to let you know that you don't, you can rest comfortably in my bosom. You can come to me childlike, even if you never had the childhood that you thought and desired. You can come to me about anything. I'm always, I'm, I'm never busy for you. There is no such thing as I'm tired. Come back. There is no such thing as, oh, why are you asking me that again? I'm a patient God. What you want to talk about? cool. How do you, okay. How do you see that? And he'll dissect it with you. You don't have to look at the clock. There's no time frame with him. He's open. Like, what do you want? Hi, like, what's up? You want to talk again? Cool. Three o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the afternoon. It is no inconvenient time. God had to literally look at me like, I'm not her. I'm not her. I'm not him. <laughs> I'm not him. But I am trying to show you through every experience that I am the God who leads, who feeds, and who covers. And I said, my gosh, God, show me. Show me what you need, need for me to see. Show me what you, I, I, and to be honest with you, in the leading, the feeding, and the covering, those are actually the stages that he has taken me through. I was like, Holy Spirit, I didn't even put that together. The whole leading thing. When I think about the Israelites and how he led them, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, he led them, map, backpack, backpack. Like if it was a Dora map, you would be like, oh, Okay, under the bridge and then over. And then it's like through the Red Sea, it, it, it was a journey indeed. But I already knew that God led, right? I, I had that part down pat. Oh, I know that you lead. But the part that he had to work with me on is I need you to understand just to be relaxed, like get into an Israelite mindset. God said, literally, I'm going to lead you somewhere you've never gone because you've never been out of Egypt. But just trust that I'm leading you there and I'm going to give you physical, tangible representation to show you that I am here. I am leading you with a cloud by day and a fire by night. You, you follow those things. You can't miss me. I was like, God, that is, I wish if I saw a physical presentation of you, I'd be like, how do I know I'm behind? Because look how far the fire is from me. Like, oh, let me catch up. You, you understand? And God was like, yeah, I, I, I can, I can see how you think that, but um, you'll always know that I'm leading you because when when you're off, I will lead you and I will prompt you and I will do some things within you. I will communicate with you in a way that only you will know. Okay, this feels wrong. 
Yet God speaks to you the way that you need to be spoken to. The Israelites needed to be led that way because they didn't have a close communion with God. So God was like, look, I'm going to give you a bookmark. You can't miss me. And I'm going to give you Moses. He brought Aaron with him. God bless him. That's between him and the Lord. But I'm going to give you a bookmark because y'all don't know me yet. Y'all haven't built a commune with me yet. Y'all don't know my voice yet. And so I have to give you something physical to follow me because you don't know your father yet. But when you commune with me, you'll know if I speak to you through your emotions or you're going to feel that. If I speak to you through different devotionals and things like that, or you're going to hear me in that. If I speak to you through people and you're like, oh my gosh, I was just praying about that. You're going to hear that. If I speak to you through music, through movies, whatever it is, God knows how to speak to you. He is your dad. He is your creator. And he knows how to speak and lead his creation. I said, God, I got it. <laughs> that part I got, sir, I understand. He was like, okay. And so that the leading part I had off back, I knew, okay, God leads. And then I had to get comfortable with how he led. Because when you look at other people and you ask, how did you know that that was the right decision? They're like, oh, God told me. Or how did you know that that was a good decision? Mm, just stepped out and did it. And so God knows how to lead other people. That's why you can't compare your journey to no one else's because he's giving them plot points that don't resonate with you. You're like, what? You just went in there and did A, B, and C. I would have never. Of course you would have never. God knows that you are analytical, logical grandbaby. So he's not going to talk to you through your emotions. There's a lot. God, the Holy Spirit is a comforter. Why would God talk to you in a way that you, you won't feel comforted? Now, he's not going to give you information that comforts you, but he's going to let you know um, you're definitely going in the wrong direction. And here's how I'm going to speak to you about that. The God who leads, the God who feeds, the God who covers. I wanted to go back and think about when he fed the 5,000. I was like, oh, man. And all this time, here I am thinking that I have an Egyptian mindset on certain things. And I had to realize and get a revelation. I actually think more like a disciple. I want to go ahead and read Matthew 14. You know, I read in the NOT version. Let's start at verse 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. Shouts out to Jesus being an introvert. That's my big bro. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. 14. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them. And he healed their sick. 15. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's getting already getting late send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves 16 but jesus said that isn't necessary you feed them 17 but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish they answered 18 bring them here he said 19 then he told the people to sit on the grass Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. 20, they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. 21, about 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. Hear me and hear me roar. I am telling you, there is something about 
thinking, and this is just ridiculous that the disciples would even think like that, but more so I'm going to go ahead and just dismantle that whole entire mindset. Now you think that God will watch you follow Jesus come from all the towns and whatever journey that you came from. You think that he will allow you to go ahead and follow Jesus, but you got to feed yourself. He is going to allow you to come to Jesus for healing, come to Jesus for respite. Go ahead. You quit your job. You, you left that hometown. You left that relationship. You went ahead and did what you knew had to be done in order to be healed from whatever was hindering you. And you went ahead and stepped out on faith. You went ahead and said, okay, I'm going to go where Jesus is at. But if you go there, you're going to have to feed yourself. I read this so different now. The fact that, listen, Jesus didn't even ask these folks to come. He didn't say, uh, all y'all can come here. I'm dropping my pen. I'm going to drop the location. Y'all make sure that y'all all here. Just let me get a few more minutes of prayer. No, the Bible says that he left and went to a remote area to be alone. So it was never his plan to be amongst all these people, 5,000 plus in the first place. Imagine going in your house to take a nap and you go outside and it's 5,000 plus people outside. And now somebody come to you, your um assistant, and they like, yo, you may want to send these people back because they flew from all over. They got on boat from all over. Uh, these people took trains and all kinds of transportation to get to you. So, um, you may want to send these people back to go eat and you look at your assistant and you like you feed them. And they're like, what, bro? We ain't go food shopping. It is two fish and five loaves in your kitchen. Like we don't got that much. Like what we getting ready to do. And that's how we really think. We really feel like, oh, you follow Jesus, but now the rest is your fault. You follow Jesus, but now you're going to have to fend for yourself. You follow to get healed, but now if you go hungry, that's on you. That's how we really think. And God had to show me that. He was like, see, you, you in this story, you look like the disciple because you think you're being responsible. Like, hey, um, Jesus, real quick, <laughs> uh, I know that you created everything, but let me tell you something. The sun is going down, and I count it. It's a lot of people. Why don't we go ahead and do this? I have a great plan. Why don't we go ahead and send them back so they can go ahead and eat? Because if we send them back now, they'll have enough time to go ahead and, you know, get some food because this is a remote area. I just wanted to give you a heads up because I wanted to be a good grandbaby steward over the, you know, the other grandbabies you just healed. So let's go ahead and start sending them back now. You want me to start to the left or to the right? Like, how you want me to do it? And Jesus was like, uh, thanks for the help, but no. <laughs> No, I help the hungry. I help those who seek me. I help those who come into my presence. It didn't have to be planned. I help those who come to me with a whole heart and to the point that you were like, I'm leaving everything behind. I'm not even bringing with me a snack. I didn't even bring a Lunchable. I'm going to find God because this thing has been weighing me down. And if they said that this is the God who heals, then this is the God that I'm going to seek. I'm going to go ahead and find him. No, I did not bring an extra dollar. No, I did not bring an extra lunch. I didn't even bring an extra comfortable pair of shoes. But now that I'm here, here can you meet the rest of my needs if you can heal me you can heal me in totality you don't heal me compartmentalize like you're not like everybody else it's not like oh you don't have enough money for me to heal the rest of that oh no no you you didn't go ahead and pre-plan that it's like no god is like come to me and i got you period but we don't see it like that and i didn't see it like that i literally was looking at this like oh my goodness. But you know what the real mic drop was for me? 
Verse 18, Jesus said, bring them here, he said. 19, then he told the people to sit on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed to the people. Pause. You know why I feel like he did that on purpose? I'm going to speak to the people because the people came here for me to speak to them anyway, right? And they'll listen to me. I'm not even going to have all y'all go around saying 5,000 plus times, hey, can you sit? Hey, can you sit? I'm going to say it once. I'm going to tell the people to go ahead and sit in the grass. And then I'm going to go ahead and bring what I have to the heavenly father who multiplies. And then I'm going to break what God is doing. And the first hands that it's going to go to are the disciples. Because sometimes you need to be close to God to see what God is doing. And you need to experience it with your own hands so that when you're passing it out to people, you are being blessed as you're blessing other people. It is blowing your mind that this was just two fish and five loaves before. And you're getting it from Jesus. And you're on the assembly line giving it to the people. Getting it from Jesus. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. This, I, I, My mind is blown. This is amazing. And because Jesus was, he's like, yo, what I'm getting ready to do, I'm getting ready to bless them but I'm getting ready to bless you I'm getting ready to bless them and feed them but I'm getting ready to feed you I'm getting ready to give them something for the stomach but I'm gonna give you something for your spirit I'm gonna go ahead and shift your soul in this blessing yeah it's blessing them but they don't have no idea that what I'm really doing is expanding you you thought I couldn't feed them with two fish and five loaves you thought that they had to feed themselves but what I'm getting ready to do for them you don't even realize what I'm getting ready to do to you oh my goodness because Jesus could have overlooked the disciples and said okay y'all sit down like he was talking to them directly anyway go ahead and sit on the grass and then when he distributed it he could have just gave it to the people firsthand Mm -mm. when God blesses it's a ripple effect I'm feeding them but I'm teaching you yeah I'm blessing them but I'm I'm removing some blockage in your perspectives Yeah, that's something that you, it's a way that you see me that I need to go ahead and have that erased because I don't ever want you thinking that someone's going to come to me and follow me and I'm going to make them fend for themselves. That's not the God that you serve. So please don't let that be the God that you see. You understand? Then the last one, covers. Oh my goodness, cover. Ooh, what a thing. I was like, okay, so when I think of covering, I think of Adam and Eve. And God allowed me to see it in such a different way that I was like, I truly understand. I I don't even know why I didn't see it like this before, God. But you know what? God bless me for being me because um, at least I'm being honest. When Adam and Eve did the thing that they should not have done because I got to ask Eve, was it worth it? I put the thing down, flip it, and reverse it. I'm, that's exactly what I'm going to ask in heaven. Um, but when they went ahead and did what they did and ate what they ate and tried to supersede God's just wisdom, it blew my mind what I read in Genesis three. So let's go ahead and just read from verse six. The fact that I got to read this and know that I, I will never understand, but God bless her. So six, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate 
it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Seven, at that moment, their eyes were open and then suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Eight, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Nine, then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? 10, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. 11, who told you you were naked? The Lord God said, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Pause. Then they went into all the excuses and blah, blah, blah. And then God, you, and God was like, okay, you know what? I, here's what we can going to do. Uh, ma'am, you finna cry real, real bad when you give labor. Sir, you going to be toiling. You're going to have to grind all your life. And that's just how it's going to work out for you. And serpent, you're going to be on your belly. You're going to eat dirt, okay? And then the woman and y'all going to have an issue. It's going to be East Coast, West Coast beef for life. You understand? And that's how it's getting ready to work out. But I wanted to go back to seven. At that moment, their eyes were open and then suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Now, when they did what God told them not to do, they saw themselves in a way that God did not intend it for them to see themselves. When you do things that God is like, I'm, I told you not to do that, not because I don't want you to have fun, not because I'm trying to be boring, not because I want you to be, you know, a square or whatever. I'm putting boundaries in place because I know that if you overstep them, you will override the plan that I have for your life. So I told you not to eat that fruit because there was a boundary in place and it was going to equate that if you followed that you would be in paradise your entire existence but that wasn't good enough was it Eve and I'm gonna go ahead and save my emotions on that because I almost got an attitude just thinking about that again but when they saw themselves in a way that God never intended for them to see themselves they had to do something that wasn't even supposed to be a skill they had to learn how to cover themselves so the Bible says, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So that got my attention. So I looked up what a fig leaf looks like because, you know, I'm not in Eden. God bless Eve. And I'm not even mad about that. But when I looked at the way that a fig leaf looked, it makes sense why they chose that particular leaf. Number one, it has, it looks like if I can describe it, it almost looks like a hand. It has these like four little, you know how a clover has four, but this one has five. So it literally looks like a hand. It is large enough to cover the differences between the two of them. So I imagine that Eve put two on top and one in the front lower and one in the back lower. So I assume that she took four and then saw like, oh, these are not really connecting. And so I don't know how they learned how to needle and thread because you never had to cover yourselves. But you know what? When you do things and you experiencing things that God never wanted you to experience, you start to pick up skills to go ahead and and try to continue <laughs> that covering. So she had to learn how to sew. And I'm sure she was like, I, I don't know, kind of like bend that together. Let, let's try to figure out what a knot is. Who knows? We just want to figure it out. And so again, I'm gonna read it again, seven. At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Unfortunately, the first covering that they experienced was they had to cover themselves. 
Unfortunately, for most people, they had to learn how to fend for themselves, how to cover themselves. You'll have the apartment, but you're going to have to figure out how to eat. You'll get the job, but you're going to have to figure out these bills. You'll, you'll go to school, but you're going to have to figure out how to promote yourself. You're going to get the accolade, but you got to figure out how to network your way up. You'll get the, and so you have learned, I'll get a little, I'll get some of the stuff like God will go ahead and, and provide the fig leaves, but I'm going to have to learn how to cover myself because the least that God can do, and he's doing what he needs to do. He's providing the fig. He's providing the leaves. He's providing the materials for me to sow. And so I just need to be smart enough. I need to have my accolades together enough. I need to have my networking together enough because at the end of the day, it's on me. And God is like, I'm sorry, but who created you? Because when I scroll all the way down, still in Genesis 3, and I'll go to verse 21, it says, And the Lord God made clothing from animal skin for Adam and his wife. So wait a minute. Even in them doing what God said not to do, and this is right before God was like, okay, so now we're going to shun you. You can no longer be here because I told y'all, y'all mess up. And unfortunately, you did what you felt you needed to do. So now I have to do what I have to do. And that's between them and the Lord. And so at this point, God looked at them and he was like, you can't even cover yourself properly. Them leaves is going to be a wrap. Yeah, you, you it's going to fall off. Yeah, one good sweat and it's over. <laughs> so let me go ahead and cover you in the way. Adam and Eve thought, oh, fig leaves, and then we'll sow them. God was like, mm, but let me just go ahead and do this better. God made clothing from animal skin. Yeah, because he foresaw this is not going to last. This is not going to cover in the way that's going to get you unashamed. This is not going to cover you in a way that you're going to feel comfortable and I said, oh, my gosh, one of the things that really got my attention is when God was reprimanding them, did you eat from the tree I told you not to eat from? And what did you do? And that is he never pointed out. And what are you wearing? I'm sorry. Turn around, Eve. What is that? <laughs> what is going on? He never pointed out the fact that they couldn't cover themselves. He just did what a good God does. He just did what a great father does. He just did what a almighty alpha and omega does. He looked down and saw what they tried to do even in their sin and was like, come here, let me cover you because you can't do it alone. You cannot cover yourself. I, I literally had to just get to the point that I understood, yo, whether we're good or bad, do something right or wrong, God never stops being God. You are his responsibility until you decide to remain in the active state of disobedience. When you want to go ahead and be Jonah, when he told you to go to Nineveh and you're like, nope. Buddy, I'm going to Tarshish. You have a nice day. Okay, well, take some of this storm, sir. <laughs> take some of this uh, turbulence, some of this turmoil, some of this, until you cease to understand that your plan is not God's plan. Your ways are not God's ways. And you'll get to the point that you'll get tired of, of sustaining your disobedience. And you'll get to the point that you're like, bro, just throw me in the water. Because even Jonah was like, okay. All right, this is my fault. I ain't going to hold you. Let me, I, you. How long are you going to remain 
in your active disobedience. That's the only time that you need to be nervous about, am I in alliance with God? Am I in alignment with what he wants for my life? Am I in the midst of God's perfect will? The question you should be asking is not what, you, what you're doing. How can you be doing more? How can you be so sure? The question is to search your heart and to ask, am I currently in a state of active disobedience? And if the answer is no, then you need to know that you serve a God who leads. You serve a God who feeds. You serve a God who covers. And he does not stop doing that because you think, oh, I should have made a better decision. That you think maybe I should have waited a little longer before I did A. Maybe I should have did B a little quicker. Maybe should. He's not looking at it like that. The tangible evidence of God leading, feeding, and cover you is that when you were born, you had nothing to do with that. So the rest of your life, you have nothing to do with that. The only active part that you play is to be actively obedient to what he's telling you to do, how he speaks to you, how he downloads messages into you. And you do exactly that. If it feels wrong, don't move a muscle. Not that you're nervous about that. Not that you're a little, you know, kind of excited about it. When it feels wrong, don't move. And you would be walking in an act of obedience because what you can say to him in your private time is God, this feels wrong. I can't explain it, but I'm going to take that as you saying, don't do it. So I'm not going to do it because I want to be obedient. I understand that obedience gives the details to my life, that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And if this is making me stutter step, then I'm not stepping in that direction because you said that you would make the way plain, that you would tell me what step to make, that you, you told me don't lean on my own understanding. I don't understand why this good job is a bad decision. I don't understand why this fine looking man is probably not the one I should be with. I don't understand why old girl's not the one that I should be marrying. I don't understand it, but for some reason it feels wrong. I don't understand why working a second job and hustling for my family would be a, something that is wrong, but for some reason it don't feel right. So you know what, God, if it, it don't feel right, then I'm not going to do it, period. And I'm going to rest on the fact that I'm not doing it because it does not feel right to me. And if I'm trying to be right with you, then that is my way of being obedient. The God you see is the God you experience. And I rebuke anything that has happened in your life that doesn't let you see that you serve a God who leads, feeds, and covers. I'm sorry that you had that situation happen in your childhood. I'm sorry that when you were first starting off on the path of your adulthood, it just did not go off to a good start. I'm sorry that the people closest to you let you down. I'm sorry that there was no one that you can lean on. I'm sorry that there were people that disappointed you when they didn't have to. I'm sorry that people didn't apply maximum effort to minimum things that you were requesting. I'm so sorry about that, but I'm going to go ahead and take this spiritual bomb and I'm going to blow that up. I'm going to blow it to smithereens because that's not the father you have. That's not the creator you have. He did not create you for you to go ahead and have to live a life trying to figure your whole life out by yourself. What's going to happen in 10 years? Do you know if I gave you a time and a date, could you tell me? No, you cannot. God can. And that's how you know you need to rest. You need to get starfish in the spirit. I need you to spread out like a starfish and 
and say, God, my life is not my own. My life is not my own. My body is your temple. My life is your plan. You have a plan for me. I'm not going to create another plan for myself. There were some experiences that's trying to dilute the way that I see my dad and I rebuke it and I bind it in the name of Jesus. There will be nothing on this earth that's going to go ahead and condolute what you see in your God and your dad. He cares for you. He loves you. Cast your fear. I don't care what people are making you feel. Cast that fear. I don't care what the bill collector said. Cast that fear. And you need to start walking in faith in a different way. And even if it looks like you repeating to yourself, I know I have a God who leads. I know I have a God who feeds. I know I have a God who covers. You better get into that bag because he is trying to show you that he is that dad. Do you understand that? I am sorry for what happened to you, but that's not the God that's trying to do something for you. I am sorry that you had those experiences, but you know what? They were not things that were supposed to end your chapter. That's just a part of the movie. This thing is going to be a great seller. Like it's going to be a box office hit. Keep living, baby. It's more chapters to this. Keep living, baby. It's another scene to this. Listen, that was the red herring. It's a plot twist. You want me to give you a spoiler, Lloyd? You win. Spoiler alert, you win. Stop looking at scene one and act two and you feel some kind of way. You think it's over because you had a bad start because you had a bad middle. It don't matter. Let me explain something to you. God, the way that he writes stories, people are still reading this thing called the Bible for centuries on end. Can you understand? It's a bestseller. And he didn't stop writing at the Bible. He's writing in your life. He's writing in the people that you love. He's continuing to write. Why don't you continue to live? But this time rest in the fact that he makes bestsellers. That's what your life is. Stop judging it in, in an isolated sense. Stop looking at how people failed you. God is not people. He does not have a social security number. <laughs> he don't have a birth date. You understand? And I know that we have tangible situations that have happened. And what we've done is we've taken parts of his creation and we've linked it to, Oh, then he must have the same skill sets and downside. Whatever we look at other people, we start to look at God like, Oh, he's a person. No, no, no. He is not a man that he shall lie. He is not like them. What the young folks say, God is not one of them. You understand? And you got to get to a point that you let that thing get in your soul. You let that thing get, I'm talking about, it needs to be tattooed on your heart. You need to have this thing written in your soul. My God leads me. He feeds me. He covers me. My God leads me. He feeds me. He covers me. My God leads me. He feeds me. He covers me. My God leads me. He feeds me. He covers me. My dad leads me. He feeds me. He covers me. My dad leads me and feeds me and covers me. My dad leads me and feeds me and covers me so that I don't have to. I need that thing echoing. Yep. Go ahead. Uh huh. Come on. Listen, don't let me start beatboxing because you know it's a vibe. You understand? Like, we got to get that. We got to get that. The serpent got Eve that one time thinking like, oh, God don't cover you. God not feeding you the way that you want. God, here he got Eve that one time. He not going to keep getting us. It's, it's a done daughter. You understand? Like, that's over. That is over. We don't see him like that. 
That's our dad. And he leaves us, he feeds us, he covers us. Mm-hmm. Get, get, the, get the ugly face. Leaves me and feeds me and covers me. Mm. Leaves me and feeds me. And co- <clears throat> Leaves me and feeds Hey, get you some. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Listen, do I need to go on iTunes? Like, just say the word because I'm, who, who's shy? <laughs> me a little bit, but who's shy? <laughs> who, what? How we want to do it? We, we need to call up Timbaland? Do I need to shoot my shot in the DM? Because, like, who? Because who, who not going to be on, what? Do I need to? Because try me not. You understand? But, like, look, challenge it all. I feel like you know what it is. I feel like you know what it is. I feel like you know at this point you like yo I gotta I gotta change up I'm sorry like I had some childhood trauma like I'm bringing my childhood trauma my adulthood trauma and I'm making daddy issues from my creator like my bad God like can we can we restart and he's like yep and he wants you to restart with the song I'm just trying to tell you what he tell me in my spirit he said that he wants you to know that he leads you and feeds you and covers you snap it leads you and feeds you and cover you. Leads you and feeds you and covers you, and so you mm, don't don't have have to. Yo, wait, mm-mm. I'm gonna get off. Cause listen, I'm getting ready to make a whole. You know, I used to write poetry as a child. I know how to make something rhyme. Play me not. <laughs> you understand? Who? Who? Beyonce finna know me by first name. Try me not. Listen, um, but I feel like you got what you needed because I'm super excited and this is like listen, like real talk. This is like breakthrough.com for me. And so I know that when God is leading me to another step, to another step, to another step in my spiritual walk, he is taking me to a stage that once I get there, I'm going to appreciate the process and the ways that he took me. I'm going to appreciate that he didn't take me from being a slave in Egypt to just going ahead and get the promised land. And all I know how to do is windmill and throw rocks. I'm glad that he tried to teach me how to fight in the wilderness. And I'm appreciating the process of the wilderness. And what I would not do is have the enemy thinking that God leads to a certain point and then the rest of it is on me I rebuke that in the name of Jesus there will never be a time going forward that I feel that way because I started to look at just real quick before we hang up I started to look at okay I get that he led the Israelites they were helpless I get that he he fed you know the um 5,000 because I mean even though they came out to a remote place they still came out to do a good thing but then it blew my mind when he showed me Adam and Eve I said God you cover even in bad decisions So you have no excuse to look at God in any other way outside of, yo, you really are God. You're God when we're helpless. You're God when we may not have kind of like factored in all the parts of it and like, oh, I went to go follow Jesus, but I forgot to pick up $5 so we can get a little snack on the way. Like you, you factor that in, but most of all, you factor in when we sidestep. You factor in when we make a air quote bad decision because he's God. And he's a God who will lead you and feed you and cover you. Mm. Lead you and feed you and cover you. Get some. Leave me and feed me and cover me. We got to get off because I promise you I'm going to be singing that when we get off the phone. Listen, you know what these conversations are. Nope, because every time you say it, I get hyped. There are conversations. What kind of conversations? I can't even. Okay. <sighs> because I like the song low key. Like I'm about to voice record it and make it my own ringtone. Like is that? That's weird. Guess who's doing it? <laughs> Me. I'm um, life for welcome conversations. Conversations not that the average person gonna have with you, but who your favorite homegirl? I gotta get through it real quick. Um, you, you know that your girl got a YouTube channel, right? Very much. 
created two multiply.com going to YouTube's as a matter of fact, created the number two multiply, uh.com. You need to go ahead and, and look at the website created to multiply the YouTube's, um, got a Patreon shrive, the letter in inspire. I got all the things. Why? Because I'm walking with God because he be leading and feeding and covering me. Mm, leave me and feed me and cover me. I got to go. Nope. Cause you're going, you go. Can I call you back and sing the song? Don't do that. Okay, fine. Cause you don't want it to be at the lamb chop song. It's fine. I'm going to just go ahead and let you let me go. Mm, 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 mm. Ew. Mm, 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 cover me. <laughs> all right. Later.